You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 62, Simple Home Safety Tips. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, today we're talking about home safety tips. Yeah, we don't, uh, you know, we usually try to focus on mold just because that's the name of our podcast and that's what we specialize in. But a lot of times we don't just talk about normal safety things around the home that most people just don't think about. Maybe some people are really great about it. Some people don't ever think about it. So can we talk about... uh, fireworks and home safety. I think people make lots of mistakes and yeah. it's July. So yeah, we should have talked about that. I don't know, depending on what state you're in. I know in Utah they have, um, I can't remember what they call it. Days of 47 coming up. So the 24th of July, they get to celebrate that and do fireworks here in Wyoming. Uh, depending on where you're at, we can't do fireworks. Yeah, no fireworks. So, but, um, but yeah, fireworks is something, you know, I know for me, you know, my birthday's four days after the 4th, and uh, so I used to, back in the day, I would spend the money, which probably didn't make sense, that I would do fireworks on the 4th, and then I'd do them again on my birthday. You weren't supposed to, but it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is permission. (laughs) But, you know, when you have kids and sparklers, and, you know, when you have have kids at, you know, at a certain age, you know, maybe, I don't know, 10 or 11 years old... They see dad out there lighting the fireworks, so they want to come do it. Or younger kids, we give them sparklers. And what do they do with sparklers? They swing them. You know, you got to make sure they're not doing it in people's faces. And it it sounds stupid, but, you know, I would obviously make sure, like, when we do our fire pit, we always make sure we have the hose right there, just in case. Well, and I don't know that people really think about that. That's what made me think of fireworks. That's what made me think of the... uh 
automatic lighters that you use with the barbecue. As adults, we might think putting those lighters right next to the grill or on a kitchen counter or even with the fire pit. I don't know that most people really think move your cars away, keep a water hose clear, keep a, a shovel close to you. I don't think most people think that way. Yeah. So it's important to talk about these safety tips. Well, and I, you know, I think like our fire pit's probably a little different. Most people have it just like in their backyard, but where we're at, you know, we have, there, there's, if, if, our, if we didn't have our grass cut around our fire pit or if it was windy enough, I mean, this fire could, it could jump over there and be up in the mountains in a matter of an hour or so. But, you know, even in your backyard, the last thing you want is a fire in your backyard that starts your shed on fire and then your fans and then your neighbors and all that. And so, so yeah, it's always a good idea. You know, and one thing with kids, it's a great thing. And, you know, if they don't want to wear safety glasses, then don't let make them, they get to sit back and just watch. But if they're, you know, if your 14 year old's helping you light fireworks or when your kids have sparklers, make sure that they're wearing safety glasses because, your eyesight is not something that's going to grow back. So, yeah. So it is, you know, stuff like that is very important. Most people, you know, they just light a fire or just kind of think, oh, that's, that's fine. You know, and we see when we're out in the wilderness, you know, people that are going out and, you know, camping or whatnot, obviously it's a big deal if you leave a fire burning. I mean, we've had, well, the latest fire we had was stupidity, but they called it the Tannerite fire. And the, was that the gender reveal thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Tannerite, for those of you that don't know, it's, uh, it's a, uh, exploding target is what it is. And so, yeah, it's fun to do, but, but yeah, last year some people decided to, uh, to do a gender reveal and it was a big fire that, I don't know how long it lasted. Then we had the year before the Roosevelt fire. That was a bad one. That that got a subdivision that took out, I can't remember how many homes. Some yeah. people never even moved back. Yeah. And that fire was late in the fall um, before snow had fallen. And it was a hunter, and it was just a, what they call a warming fire. So he just was lighting the fire just to get his hands warm. And, yeah, it that that burned for a long time. That was a bad fire. Exactly. That, that one was bad. So, anyhow, you know, for... For people out there, you know, maybe you have maybe you have adult children that are, you know, in their twenties and they like to go, you know, do a campfire every once in a while. Make sure you go over the safety tips with them because forest fires are not fun. Exactly. And then, you know, just thinking about things around the yard or, or summer activities, I know that I don't know the exact statistic, but lots of small children die from drowning. Right. Whether it's a pond in the backyard or a pool that isn't properly enclosed. Lots of kids die that way. Yeah, and we hear what's sad. You know, we probably hear about it because they're famous, but I, I think we just heard last year there was a country singer or somebody yep. lost their two-year-old, and it, it's not uncommon. And, you know, having fences around that kind of stuff is a great idea. You know, where we live, a lot of people don't have that, those kinds of things. As far as a pool, they have, you know, hot tubs. But you need to make sure... You know, if you have young kids around, even on a hot tub, the hot tub covers, you can put a, a lock on them so they can't just, you know, okay. go out and jump in there. Um, for pools, obviously, you need a gate, and you know, or a fence with a gate. And for that gate, you want a self-closing, you know, you want a, a spring on that so that gate always closes on its on its own. But, yeah, that's, you know, that's something that, you know, most people just, eat. you don't think about it until you go, oh, where's my three-year-old? You know, exactly. and 
sometimes it's too late. So yeah, that is something that, you know, you just need to make sure that you have the proper precautions in place. Cause I know when I was growing up, we had, we had a trampoline and I remember my sister and I bought it. My parents wouldn't buy one because I think the lecture, the excuse we got was it was going to up their homeowner's insurance <laughs> <laughs> and all the neighborhood kids went on to come over and play on it. And I don't know about the insurance part, but every all the neighbors' kids coming and playing on it—that was true. And we did some things we probably shouldn't have done. And this is back before you had those, the nets around them, yeah. and, you know. But yeah, we did dumb stuff like jump off the roof onto the trampoline, and you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, that was, but, but that was the most mischievous do, thing. But I ever how did, do you but, do safety with trampolines? Because I think about all the injuries that kids get. Going to trampoline parks. I mean, big injuries, broken ankles, you know. And then you think of a trampoline in your home. Is the net enough to protect and prevent those kinds of injuries? Not if you have a kid like I was when I was a teenager. I mean, a net around, it's not going to stop me from (laughs) crawling up on the roof and jumping on the trampoline. But, But you can, I mean... You know, if you have it in a certain section of the yard, you know, put a fence up or whatever. But I will... I. I was a teenager, so... Yeah, I mean, so probably wouldn't have helped at all, actually. <laughs> so, but, you know, trampolines, you know, speaking of trampolines, it reminds me of things like, you know, I know pit bulls just have a bad rap out there for dogs and, and homeowners insurance. Well, on top of that, some insurance companies will not insure you if you yeah. have certain breeds. Well, and if, you know, some landlords won't even allow you to have it. Yep. And, and I'm not, we're not going to get into the... Are pit bulls bad? I think any dog can be bad as far as how they're trained. But but those are things, and I guess why I'm bringing that up is those are things you got to keep in mind because you're like your things like a fireplace inside your house. Your homeowner's insurance is going to be higher because of that. Yeah. If you have you know maybe if you have trampoline and pool and all that, so so just keep that in mind. You know, and is your home insurance higher if you have a pond? That's a good question. I don't think so. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it could be. I mean, I hope to someday have a pond on our property so I can go down there and fish. <laughs> I don't want to pay more in uh, homeowner's insurance, but but it could be. I mean, yeah. I, that, that's a good question. And yeah, I and guess, what and what do you do for safety with a pond? Because you can't really fence it. You could, but um, um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Like I said, I just got done telling you how I was mischievous. I was going to say keep an eye on your kids, but yeah, I mean, it all depends. You know, I, and I think if, if you have kids that are raised around that stuff, that you know, that's a little different, but, but still kids will be kids, so. That's true. That's why you don't leave your side-by-side keys in the side-by-side with mischievous <laughs> children either. So they start driving it. Well, yeah, they could get into your car or truck too, so that's not that I ever did that. <laughs> but, but I think the point is that how do people adequately prepare for things that they can't necessarily foresee coming? Having those precautions in place, like I said, like a fence or, you know, for the exterior of a home, you know, if you're going to have a fire pit, make sure that, you know, you know, like our fire pit, we dug a hole down into the ground. It's not really above ground. Obviously, the purpose behind that's the wind. So if you're going to build a fire pit, you know, make sure that it is surrounded by, you know, whatever you're going to do. Dig a hole or put block all the way around it. Make sure you have the proper precautions, you know. Uh, as far as yards, you know, proper foot, you know, floodlights. 
You know, yeah. I remember back when my teenage years, that's when those when the actual floodlights, you know what I'm talking about, were in. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were for like a security issue, but we used them to play basketball at night. But make sure you have proper lighting outside. Yeah. Well, I think all of those are super, super important. What about um, things like smoke detectors and preventing inside fires and things like that? So inside your home, and it, it's interesting because it, it seems like we're – then that's okay. We're kind of more focused on fire stuff, but that's what most people, I don't think, plan on. Um, but for smoke detectors, and this is UBC and IBC code. So if you live somewhere that they don't do code inspections, if you have a licensed contractor, they have to build to UBC and IBC codes. And those codes state, and they have stated this since, oh, I don't know, probably mid-80s, early 90s, every bedroom has to have a smoke detector. And when I say the next thing I'm going to say, I say this because I've seen it and it's kind of baffles me, but you have to have a smoke detector within two feet of the door. So you look over there and where's our smoke detector? Within two feet of the door. Right there by the door. Now, the reason I bring that up is, is these are all hardwired. They're wired in a series. They have a, they're, they have 110, so they're, they're powered by electricity. Power goes out. They have a backup battery. They're all wired in a series. They're they're piggyback is what I call it. So if I set this one off, they're all going to go off. Okay. Um, but in older homes, if you just put a battery-operated one in, you can put it in wherever you want. Well, a lot of times I would see them above the bed. So just think of in here, you know, in our office, think if a bed was over there and the smoke detector was right up there. Well, what good would that do? Exactly, yeah. Because the smoke detector, by the time it goes off, the room's filled with smoke. Exactly. So so you have to have a smoke detector in every bedroom within two feet of the door. Make sure you're testing them. We go over that in our checklist. Um, the hallways adjacent to the bedrooms have to have a smoke detector also. Okay. Um, if you have an unfinished basement, obviously you need one down there. Uh, one close to a mechanical room. Speaking of smoke, think about carbon monoxide also. You need to have a CO detector, which carbon monoxide is the gases if your furnace or a gas stove or water heater, if they're not vented properly, um, they call it they call it the silent killer, because more or less you kind of just you know fall asleep. fall asleep and you're done. So. Do they have radon detectors the way they have carbon monoxide detectors? They do. So they have um, I, I I don't know the name brand. I think it's called Nighthawk if I'm right, but. Um, and it might be Kitty also, which is K-I-D-D-I-E, same company that makes smoke detectors. But they have, um, they have like a CO detector that's digital that you can plug into, to a, uh, outlet. And the difference with radon is, is radon's not, it's not a gas that will kill you within minutes. Mm-hmm. Radon's a gas that kills you over years. Exactly. Um, it's, you know, lung cancer. So, but they do have something like that. And that... I guess my point is, is that would be an alarm, like telling you, hey, you know, you have radon issues. That doesn't mean you have to hurry and leave the home. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. What is your, if there was only one thing that you would suggest to people that they do for home safety, what would it be? So, so talking about fire, you know, one of the things about a fire is, is most people don't know what to do. Like you and I have talked about it. When, When we travel, what do I always say? Uh, where's the exit? Yep. Yeah. Like I pointed out to you, like if there was a fire, 
Where's the stairs? And so your kids need to know, and not just your kids, but your spouse, your whoever, people that are living in your home need to know what they're supposed to do in a fire. So you have a fire plan. And every bedroom by code has to have a window. And the whole point of that is most people think it's for sunlight, but it's actually, it's an escape in case of a fire. So if you can't go out into the hallway, you go out that window. Okay. And so make sure that they realize that that's what they have to do. Another thing um, is to keep your bedroom's doors closed at night, and that's for fires. The whole purpose behind that is so a fire can't spread quickly. Wow. If the door isn't open, you can Google it and watch um, fire departments show it. A home that all the doors are closed versus all the doors that are open, windows, or sorry, interior doors, bedroom doors, it, it'll spread way faster than than a home that has all the doors closed. Wow. It's, it, it, if you go watch the video, it's crazy. It is crazy. Because I think I've shown it to you. You've shown it to me, yeah. Yep. So, right. so, yeah, just make sure that you have smoke detectors. That's our action plan. Make sure you have smoke detectors. Make sure you test them. Um Go like us on our Facebook page. I'm always giving informational stuff. Obviously, I'll post, you know, things about home safety tips in this week's um, Facebook post. Yeah, go look up CNC Contractor Services on Facebook and like us. And let us know when you like and follow us on Facebook that you heard it from the podcast. Yes. All right. Thanks for listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.